The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Keith Campagna. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Googleization Nation. We hope you, your teams, and your families are safe, staying healthy, and hopefully practicing distancing prevention so we can get all over this thing. Um, It does look like it's going to be a few weeks away from the apex of the crisis, unfortunately. Um, And while the end date's still a bit evasive, uh, we know a couple things for sure. And and in today's world of uncertainty, that's that's good. Um, What we do know for sure, and everyone agrees on this, the COVID-19 crisis will pass. Uh, your businesses are going to reopen. Um, employees are going to be called back. Uh, so there will be jobs and customers are going to come back too. So I, just for a minute, I want everybody to think forward. Uh, and when that day finally arrives and our state and local officials declared it's okay to open and your employees are ready to walk through that front door, how prepared are you to reboard, reassimilate them? What's that going to look like? Because some of them, and hopefully many of them, will be really excited to get back to work. But there's quite a few people who are going to be really anxious, fearful, uh, traumatized, stressed, worried. um, And some might even be grieving a loss of a loved one or a neighbor or a friend um, because it's going to affect a lot of us. Um, So... What we decided to do uh, for today's show, we're going to start the road to recovery because there is no playbook for business after COVID-19. Everybody's writing the story and there's a real opportunity for companies to do it right, to be prepared because most many, most of us or, or almost all of us, including the government and, and I don't think there was any business on this planet that was prepared for what was going to come. So there's a lot of opportunities to step up and make the process uneventful and as caring as possible. So we've brought together two guests today, two experts. And we're going to start this, and hopefully in the next few weeks, this will be our our focus. And I've got a lot of live stream interviews lined up. Um, so hopefully you'll you, you'll connect with me and Keith, and uh, we'll be I'll be doing some live streams uh, with other experts. I, I've been spending a lot of time figuring that out. Uh, but the first expert we've got is Bo Mitchell. He spent his entire adult life dealing with emergencies, nothing like a pandemic, but uh, certainly epidemics and other crises. Um, he, he now helps companies get through everything from natural disasters to active shooters, and more importantly, helps prepare people to get through those. Uh, and he's uh, president of 911. So Bo's going to be with us in just a few minutes. And then following that, uh, we're going to have Jason Cochran. Uh, who is an educational and cognitive psychologist. And uh, he and I met through a mutual friend the other day. 
and we were talking and we both shared a, a similar outlook that there is going to be a lot of people, especially in the healthcare industry, there's going to be a lot of people that are traumatized to the extent that they actually may experience PTSD uh, or similar symptoms. And he he's, he had, he had got me right away. He got me hooked. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of, of things, uh, most importantly, that that companies can do right now to prepare for this, to help their employees, to minimize that. And it's beyond just saying, oh, we've got an employee assistance program. So we've got a lot to talk about today, and we're going to get to Bo shortly, and then we'll bring on Jason about the middle of the show. Uh, of course, we've got to thank Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions for helping us do this every week, for being sponsors of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Um, and uh, Keith, you've had... Uh, you were quiet this week, didn't hear from you, so you must have had a busy week. Yeah, yeah Ira. You know, there's um, there's something to be said for the shift in the marketplace right now. And, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to sales leaders, and there's just been so much activity going on in terms of collaboration, people trying to understand, uh, maybe not understand, but at least try to get some sort of a clear view, a clear line of sight with what to do the next two, three months, four months, six months. Um, and eventually those conversations just wind up waning off into like a, a, a dark abyss that nobody really knows what, where, where to, will we be. Um, but what I will tell you is that, you know, following the sentiment of, of what we're trying to do here on the, on the show here, more, it's a pleasant surprise for me to hear that more of the sales leaders that are out there are, now that the quarter is over, they're they're moving towards uh, okay. Let's let's make things easier for the next thirty days. How, what do we got to do to make things easier for for not just our employees but for our customers? And that's mm -hmm. what really makes it uh, really dynamic and and what's been keeping me busy. So there's a lot of compassion. There's a lot of creativity that's starting to build in terms of the momentum I'm seeing. Which uh, for a guy like me, I'm I'm more than happy about that just because you know it's going to get i feel like it's going to get a little bit trickier before it gets easier so this oh, is uh people uh, need to see the blueprint oh no question about it i mean the longer it goes the trickier it's going to get uh and again part of it is is the uncertainty there is that, that not that magic date um you know even if the uh the pronouncement comes down uh, and I, I really don't think it's going to be April 30th. I, you know, for most indications, this is probably going to go through maybe May 31st. Uh, but let's say June 1st, um, business for some miracle, business goes back to normal. Um, I think there's a lot of people that expect that as soon as we open the doors, everybody's going to come back. And we talked about that last week in the last few weeks that a lot of people, I, I know a lot of, uh, of people that have already changed jobs or that decided they're not going to go back to um, taking two hours out every day to commute uh, because they, they got the work done when they were home. And uh, so there's going to be a little bit of um, moving around to the chess pieces uh, of yeah. talent. Uh, so that's going to be there. But the thing that really, it concerns me, but there's a real opportunity here. Uh, there has been a movement about the employee experience, about culture, a sensitivity, 
And there's a lot of things companies can be doing now, employers, managers, uh, to reach out to, to their people. And, and sometimes it's just checking in once a day. Is there anything we can do? How can we help? Um, some have, are keeping them on the payroll. Some can't afford to do that, but there are other ways to be able to do that. And, and they're, they're working hard to be able to do that. But sometimes it's just maintaining that connectivity. And um, uh, again, just because they're, they're not showing up for work, uh, doesn't mean that they're, they're, you know, they're not important, and and you can't just think about what to do. You got to connect, and uh, so I was really excited about, uh, you know, having having this show dedicated to to starting that. And as I, as I said to open the show, there is no playbook. I was on a call yesterday with uh, uh, Josh Burson, and you know, most people know Josh, uh, and he had people from IBM, the NBA, Novartis, and. You know, some of the largest, most successful companies in the world and organizations, every one of them is struggling. So it doesn't mean that, that you know, small companies can't, businesses can't say that a large company, uh, boy, they have a lot of resources. They're scrambling and they've got a couple hundred thousand employees to deal with. Absolutely. Um, so everybody's in this together. And it's a real, really, op- it's a really nice opportunity to step up. And, uh, and I know Jason... Um, you know, Bo had uh, you know has a lot of great suggestions, uh, but Bo does too, and, and I'm really excited to get to uh, Jason Cochran's uh, uh, talk. So we are. Um, I, I want to be able to get you know not here. I want to hear from them. Um, you want to hear from them, and uh, so we're going to take a very very short break uh, and get uh, Bo teed up. Uh, to bring him on. So we're going to do a quick commercial. We're going to hear from Success Performance Solutions first. Uh, and then later in the show, we'll hear from Zor.ai. We are live today. Um, if you have a question, um, I'm not sure if we're going to have how much time we're going to have to actually be deal with the, the, the live questions. But if you want to put something in the chat, please do so. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure we get it addressed or uh, make sure that Bo or Josh can take care of it afterwards, or Jason can take care of it afterwards. So right now we're going to hear from uh, Success Performance Solutions, and we'll be right back with Bo Mitchell. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm Ira Wolf. For the next few minutes, I want everybody just to take a step back and think forward, kind of look at the big picture, look where we're headed out just a few weeks from now. That day, there's going to be one day in the upcoming soon that we've been anticipating for quite a while. Your state and local officials finally give you that all clear signal that it's okay to come back to work. You've notified your customers and your employees should be arriving any minute now. What should you be thinking about? How should you 
be prepared for that to happen uneventfully. And my guest for this segment is Bo Mitchell. Uh, he has an, an urgent warning for you. If, if you're an employer, if you're in an organization, doesn't matter if you're a nonprofit, uh, for-profit, corporate, small business, whatever it is, that you need to think about that. You need an emergency plan for reassimilating your workforce. Because there are a lot of people who stopped working, going to work just a few weeks ago, and they're going to be returning to your workforce, to your offices, as very, very different people. I'm not even mentioning about the healthcare workers and all the first responders who we're very grateful with. And, and I just want to put, send a shout out to, to everybody who's on that front line. They are experienced, they are at war, and they're going to experience the same things that our veterans do uh, coming back from war. Many employees are going to be filled with grief and fear and anxiety and suspicion, and, and they're going to be traumatized from this, uh, even if they weren't at, on those front lines. Even if you weren't personally affected by COVID-19, uh, you likely know someone who has been, and so will these employees. It might be a loved one that was affected, or a friend, or a neighbor, or maybe they just associated with a celebrity. I just saw just minutes ago, um, Chris Cuomo, who most many people know, tested positive. So there's going to be so many people that were affected by this. So to get back to work, you're, you're going to have to prepare, be prepared, because there's employees that are probably having nightmares uh, about the thought of this. So I reached out to Bo, Bo Mitchell. He's seen the consequences of emergencies uh, from natural disasters to active shooters for basically his entire adult life. He was first a, a police commissioner in Connecticut. And now he is president of 911 Consulting. So, Bo, welcome to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Thanks, Ira. Uh, I served in the United States Army, uh, and we had uh, a lot of planning that we did there. One of the first rules in the planning uh, world in the United States Army is it's all happened before, and it all happened again. So while everybody wants to think that the situation right now at their workplace or at their work from home is the first time it's ever happened and it is unusual, even unique, uh, well, the good news is, if there is any good news, is that it's all happened before. Uh, and the analogy I would use is uh, soldiers in combat. You may think that's overreach, but think about it. You're at home right now. You've been ordered to do that, just like in the Army. You've been ordered to be in a place where you're going to protect uh, you and your family. Uh, there's an enemy out there that can strike you at any time. You're going to be doing this for one, two, three, four months. In the United States Army, they try to cycle you out every 30 days of combat uh, to give you R&R, &R, rest and relaxation. Uh, very important because it's all about making sure that your troops are ready to fight and continue to fight. Here, you're not going to have an opportunity to do that. So employees are going to go back to work day one with PTSD. That's not an overstatement, that's not uh, a misstatement, that is absolute truth. Because they've been through a combat situation and they've been doing it probably for 90, 120, and maybe longer days and maybe longer. And unlike the uh, soldier in the field who only worries about himself moment to moment, here you've had to worry moment to moment as an employee and your family. Mm -hmm. uh, so the pressures are just incredible. I'm not sure that management really understands this. And when they come back, in my view, they're going to have to have a whole program 
uh, a whole long list of programs to um, process everybody back in. I would look at it as if they were onboarding all of their employees in a brand new hire situation and get everybody back to work. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I've I, I mentioned earlier, I said reassimilating, but I've actually, I don't know if I've coined it, uh, but I came up the other day that, that people need to think about a reboarding process, not onboarding for the first time, but a reboarding process to get everybody, you know, back in the swing of things. Uh, and I, I, again, I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it, I, so I appreciate it. I, I put out a, a call for people who were thinking about it. And, you know, I probably got three or four, well, I got about 40 responses, but there were three or four responses that talked about, oh, we have an employee assistance program. That's important, um, but that, you know, that's a great benefit, but you're talking about much more than that. You're talking about much, people are going to have to go out and reach out to professionals like you to help prepare it or even bring psychologists on, on, on team like they do after a school shooting. Um, but beyond just saying, oh, we have an employee assistant program, what should companies be preparing for? Yeah, I think uh, using an employee assistant program as the one and only uh, uh, answer to this very complex problem. And, and Ira, my mother taught me uh, uh, for every complex problem, there's a simple solution that's always wrong. Uh, and this is a complex problem. And seeing I've got a, an emergency uh, uh, assistance program is a simple solution that's just wrong. It's not wrong of it by itself. It just doesn't recognize the enormous complexities that are going on here. So, you know, this happened after 9-11. Uh, everybody in the country was affected at the workplace uh, that very day and the next day and so on. Uh, there were a lot of uh, employers who did this right as far as uh, 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 talking and communicating with their employees and making sure that everybody was settled in. Uh, and there were a lot of people who did it wrong. Uh, so the idea, and that's what's going to happen here. Uh, there's going to be a bell-shaped curve, but only a few are going to, I think, have even asked this question as you and I are right now. And I have a, uh, and it's my feeling, and I've been doing this for 35 years, that uh, there are going to be a lot of employers who, the boss, the top guy or woman, who's going to come back and say, well, welcome back. Isn't this great? Get to work and have a nice day. Well, that's going to fail because it doesn't uh, recognize that these people have been through combat. Uh, and the analogy is not at all uh, wrong, or in fact, it may be weak because in combat, you're only worrying about yourself and your buddies, of course, but here you're worried about your family as well mm -hmm. for two, three, four months. So uh, they really have to get a program going, which brings us to the other part that you asked about, which is what should I be doing right now? Well, uh, while they're in combat, uh, which is really preparatory to what they're going to do when they come back. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, uh, the military has been doing this for a couple of thousand years. And the way they've learned that this goes right is they, the person at the very top is to say, I'm with you. Uh, we're all in this together. And here's what we're going to do as we go through each phase of our, uh, of our experience in this regard. Uh, but it has to break down into small teams. So if you're in a, a company with, uh, or an organization with 100 people, certainly the top person has to say something. But how does that break down into your groups and your departments of four and five? Maybe your top guy is great at this. Maybe the rest of the people aren't, because this is a skill that's very, very, it's a very, very high, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, and not everybody's been trained to do this, and now they have to do it with a combat experience. So, uh, hey, welcome back and have a nice day is not going to work. And what are they doing right now, today, 
to work with their people and say, I understand that you're under this kind of pressure. We still have to get the work done. We learned in the army that uh, the best thing to do when people don't let people be idle, give them a job. If they have a job, make sure that they're doing it. If that job can't be done from work from home, give them a new job. But they want that. Give them purpose. Lead them. Most corporations, most nonprofits, most schools are really not well led. Uh, there's sort of an inertia from management. Uh, hey, you guys have been doing this for years. You know what to do. Go ahead and do it. Okay. If that works operationally on a day-to-day -day basis, God bless you. But we're not in a day-to-day -day basis now. We're in something much, much different. And I'm not sure managements across this great land of ours and the five plus million employers in the United States of America have even recognized this uh, for their 160 million Americans who went to, who uh, were working full and part-time before this fell apart. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, we just have a few minutes here and uh, we're definitely gonna get you back for an extended program and, or people can reach out to you uh, so we'll get them that information as well. Uh, but, you know, I work with a lot of small private, small medium-sized businesses privately owned. Uh, they definitely, most, many of them definitely are not, don't have the resources. Uh, you know, they, they depend on outside agencies, whether it's government or, you know, uh, other, uh, uh, other people to, to help them through a situation like this. So if, if I'm the owner of, of a, uh, let's say a hundred employee business, what's something other than contacting my employees, reaching out to them, maybe having a Zoom call just like this, what, what are some other things, steps that they should immediately take now to get ready for that reopening, uh, whether it's going to be 30 days or 60 days or 90 days from now? Well, I, again, uh, it's, uh, I, I watched this in the, uh, in the uh, U.S. Army. Uh, you have it's about leadership, uh, and, and leadership can come in many different forms. Maybe in a nonprofit of 100 people, it's going to be a lot different than in a manufacturing setting of 100 people. But the people who are there have to exercise leadership. They have to be in an affirmative outreach, not just laying back and waiting for the questions. Uh, is that a town hall? Is that a video town hall? Is that one-on-one -on -one, uh, between the immediate supervisors and his or her immediate uh, a team uh, and it has to be done I say almost on a daily basis as it would be in the field during a combat situation you just don't send the people out there and then go for coffee you are out there and you're constantly doing this it's a lot of work okay. so, it's a lot of time expenditure and it's very very emotional because what you're going to get back to that team of five or the organization with 100 is a lot of concern a lot of stress what you're going to have to share and then uh, reflect back on them by way of leadership and consolation and care and calm to get this job done day in, day out. Okay. So I'm going to use your, your, um, your, your military um, analogies and say that a lot, of these pro a lot of these people are going to need a boot camp on leadership. Uh, they needed it before. They're not, a lot of them weren't great leaders. They weren't great supervisors. They were people that were promoted into that position because of tenure. And, they, and one of the biggest problems we've had before this is that, that supervisors and managers weren't very good communicators to their people. Uh, lack of empathy, lack of emotional intelligence, whatever you, term you want to use. So we've got 30 days. We've got time to have this boot camp. Um, 
who do they go to or what are some of the skills that they should look for? Or do they reach out to someone like you uh, who can help them through that? What, what are, again, I'm looking for something tangible because I, I know I work with a lot of people and I wouldn't want, if I was, if I was the owner of some of these businesses, I would not want my supervisors being the contact, direct contact with those employees. Well, you know, uh, I hear you loud and clear, and I think your description is 100% uh, accurate. Uh, but this is why we pay the top guy the, uh, or woman uh, the big money. Uh, uh, in, in a field army situation, if a, uh, a colonel in charge of a brigade is moving around or a captain in charge of a company of 100 people, uh, and he sees that his support and his sergeants uh, and his uh, lieutenants aren't working well, he replaces them right then and there if he's going to get the job done. Uh, it has to be done, in, and it has to be done immediately to say, oh, we'll do this when they come back. Well, the damage will be done, and you might as well just keep them in there because, you know, you're not, you're, you're not changing anything. Uh, so uh, I think you gotta, you got to walk around. You have to inspect. You have to engage. You have to be affirmative in this outreach. Uh, these are skills that most managers have never had to exercise before. So uh, is there a place to go? Well, I, I don't know that we have an officer's training uh, school, uh, an OCS for, uh, uh, for uh, managers now, and there are tens of thousands, indeed hundreds of thousands of them who would need the kind of orientation or training that we're talking about. Uh, I guess the American Management Association might have that, but you know, these, uh, these, these uh, training courses for that kind of thing are great, but they're not for this kind of intensity and combat situation. And again, I don't think I'm exaggerating even on IOTA about what's going on here because no, we've never uh, done this on this scale before. I, I absolutely agree. By the way, we, we actually have an online, we're, we have a partner and they do online micro training. And there is actually a pandemic preparedness, which is not necessarily specific to managers, but there are some online micro learning programs for managers. Uh, and it may not be directly associated with uh, a trauma like this uh, or an event like this, but it is about helping people be more compassionate and more empathetic and how to communicate during a crisis. So there are programs out there that people can learn as our boot camp on, on the spot, on the fly. Uh, one of my other concerns, and I got to watch our time here, uh, is that, just get your opinion, there are a lot of companies that I'm sure will default to HR, that the leader says, I'm not very good, that's your role to, to send out this message. Uh, obviously, my opinion would be that they should be part of this solution, but the voice needs to come from managers and supervisors, not through HR. Am I correct? Absolutely. This is a top-down situation. Uh, and I tell you, it works. Just getting personally engaged, uh, doing an inspection, if you can't do that in person by a video. When you go back and look at... Uh, uh, these films from the 1940s or World War II, whether it's Churchill visiting his uh, uh, troops in the field, Eisenhower, you know, this stuff works. Uh, and it, it, it is a skill, and I'm not gonna say that that skill isn't really, really sharp and, and hard to do, but in the end, it just, it, you gotta start with your commitment. I am gonna go talk to all these people. I am going to outreach. I'm gonna find out what the problems are. I'm gonna tell them what the mission is. Tell it over and over and over, keep it short, keep it sweet, listen. Uh, these are skills you're gonna to have to, if you don't have them already, work with. HR can be a big help, but this is all top down. So if somebody says, welcome back, if you have a problem, call HR, uh, you know, that's going to, that's going to fail.
uh, and the people in HR uh, may be very good at this, but they—that's not their, uh, their their skill is 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 going to be uh, determinative. But uh, alone, they can't do it. Bo, I I thank you for your service. I thank you for being ahead of this curve for all the work you've done in the past, and and you're gonna have a lot of work to do in the future. Uh, I can uh, I, I want to get you back. I want to have an extended conversation. We talked about maybe doing a live stream for the next few weeks, which we I hope we can do one-on-one. Uh, you, you've got a ton of valuable information. Uh, if someone wants to reach out to you now and get in touch with you and um, take your advice, uh, how can they do that? Uh, Bo Mitchell, B-O-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L at 911consulting.net. Bo Mitchell at 911consulting.net. Our phone number is 203-563-9999. You can remember that, 563-9999. And we'll answer the phone and uh, uh, give you give you the help you need. And, and thanks again very much. Uh, we've been talking with Bill Mitchell from 911 Consulting uh, about uh, post. You know what what happens? How how do you get your employees uh, back to work? Uh, but not just back to work. How do we get them back to work whole? Uh, because a lot of people are are going to be stressed out and anxious and traumatized from uh, the events, and we still don't have a date. We don't have an outcome, and uh, we're all living in this world of uncertainty and complexity. Uh, Bo, I, again, I thank you for all you've done uh, as a, as a, in the military, as a first responder, and especially now, uh, helping us live um, safer and healthier lives. Uh, I appreciate it very much. Let's be careful out there. Absolutely. Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's XOR.ai. Hey, so welcome back, everyone. This is Ira Wolf. Uh, my, you're, I'm the host, and my co-host <laughs> is Keith Compagnic. I don't even remember what I do anymore. It's so busy, <laughs> so taking on so many roles. And um, you, you heard from Bo Mitchell uh, from Nine One One Consulting. Uh, certainly, a little bit of a military. You there, buddy? Yep, I'm still here. All right, you're here. We lost. We lost Ira. This happens from time to time. What was your take? Were you able to get uh, get any takeaways from that, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. You know that whole idea that there's not a playbook for this. Um, you know, I I 100% agree with that. But that we don't want to use that as leaders. You know, to allow that to be an excuse to just conduct business as usual. That there's still some clear steps that we can take to prepare as best we can. Uh, sure. you know, for these next 30 days, sure. but that uh, don't beat ourselves up because this is uncharted territory um, for all of us across the world. Why don't you, um, with that in mind, why don't you share with our audience how you got to, to know all that as well as you do? What have you been doing? What keeps you busy? Sure. Absolutely. So my background is I'm an educational and cognitive psychologist, um, worked in schools for 12 years with teachers, students, families, education leaders, 
um, on helping students deal with trauma, um, any kind of learning challenges, behavioral, emotional challenges that they had, um, understanding different task demands so that they could perform um, despite all of the challenges that might be in front of them. And then um, got partnered up um, with some amazing partners um, of mine, and we created I Aspire to try and help businesses as well with this, understanding that, you know, that those challenges and resiliency aren't just things that kids experience when they're in school, but these are things that affect all of us, um, regardless of what our job is, where we live in the world. And if there were some ways that we could help them develop some of those what we call soft skills or values, that those things can help them in all the different spheres of their life. So there's always been that passion to try and help people grow and develop and be the best versions of themselves, um, not just so that they are a better teammate and an employee, but so that they can be at their very best for all the other spheres of their life too. Because I believe when that happens, we all get better, companies and people all around the world. How about it? Yep. Hey, uh, hey guys, can you hear back, me again? Yeah, yeah you're okay. back. Yeah, I, yeah I don't, I'm not sure what happened. Welcome to the internet, right? <laughs> Welcome to uncertainty <laughs> and complexity. It's a coronavirus. Uh, so, yeah, so, hey, Jason, when we talked the other day, um, you know, and this is what resonated, this was this whole idea. I said that, and you, you Bo brought this up, and, so, and you did too in, a, in an email he sent me. After 9-11, um, you know, anytime there was a, a book dropped, any or after a school shooting, anytime there's a book dropped or there's a backfire, or you know, 9/11, walking on the plane for the first time, walking into an airport, um, you know, there there was an uneasiness. And I, I actually flew to to uh, Malaysia a week after 9/11, so you can imagine that. Um, so, so an employee walks back in. There, there's a meeting. Uh, somebody sniffles. Somebody coughs. Uh, somebody, you know, basically sneezes, you know, I said they're sitting at a table, they sneeze into their hands. Um, there's going to be this whole kind of, I, I don't know what the right word is, but, you know, an, an emotional rush that goes through a lot of people um, because it, it, the pandemics, I mean, the, the virus isn't going to end. I mean, it, it, until we get a vaccine and everybody gets immune, it, it's still going to be a problem. What can company? What What are some hard tips? What are some things employers, managers, uh, HR needs to be doing right now, um, especially on attitude? And and I and I, you shared this, so I'll let you run with it. But um, it, is that I love that you said that they need to accept things will be different for a while. Yeah, absolutely, Ira. Yeah, things are going to be different for a while, and that's okay. You know, just like you mentioned, that first time you got on a plane after 9-11, you know, changes, you know, your inner thoughts, your dialogue, your feelings a little bit more. Your heart is probably racing a little bit more. And those are physical signs many times of, you know, stress, anxiety, trauma, whatever you want to call it. And the way that our brains work is that, you know, traumatic events, um, especially if they happen over a period of time, those get locked in our brains pretty quickly and easily um, as memory traces. And so what we have to be cognizant of is that when those things get triggered, for instance, you use the example, the first time you head back to work, if you're in a meeting and you're seated next to someone who sneezes, you know, that initial reaction is going to trigger that memory trace in your head of thinking about the dangers 
um, of that, having gone through this pandemic. So what we have to do is we have to help people work on that inner dialogue in their heads to prepare them for that. So when that event does happen, that they might have some better repertoire of skills that they have practiced ahead of time to make sure that they kind of deal with that situation in an appropriate way. You know, inner inner dialogue is an interesting concept. Um, Kate Murphy, uh, just in 2019, she wrote an amazing book on the, the science of listening. And one of the biggest takeaways for me is that we all have this inner dialogue in our heads as to, as to how we talk to ourselves throughout the day. And the interesting thing from a brain science perspective is that inner dialogue that we have activates the exact same parts of our brain as when we're having dialogue with other people. And so one of the key takeaways from that research is, you know, if you have negative inner thoughts and negative inner dialogue, that's why so many people don't like to think about their thinking. It's because it would be no different than having a conversation with an overtly negative person, even outside of our own heads. And so as much uh, preparation as we can do to try and help people develop some positive thought stems and challenge some of those irrational um, thought patterns that might creep up in their head is going to be one of the best tactics that we can do now to before people actually get back into the workplace to help them be prepared to deal with some of those um, autonomic or automatic responses that they might have in certain situations like that. Are, are there any exercises or are there anything that we can do to kind of reverse that or remap those thought processes? Yeah, absolutely. This is where cognitive behavioral therapy and rationally motivated behavior therapy over the decades have been really helpful um, on the psychology side of things. And certainly, you know, we, we're kind of drawing a, a line of distinction between, you know, actual psychotherapy versus what are the things that can be done you know, on the business side is a tier one support for people as they reorient to the workplace. And so, you know, just want to make sure the next things I share aren't misconstrued as therapy, but rather just kind of tier one interventions. And that would be, you know, let's focus on some cognitive restructuring, basic things where you can identify some of those irrational beliefs you might have, and then try to replace those with positive belief statements. And so, for instance, um, maybe one of the the false belief statements a person might have in their head is that person just doesn't care. That's why they sneezed and they didn't cover, you know, their nose or their mouth. Well, that's probably not the case. You know, most likely the sneeze came about pretty quickly and maybe they didn't have the time to get their hand or their arm up, you know, to block it. And so, you know, restructuring that in your head and saying to yourself, we're all doing the best that we can in light of the circumstances and then repeating those kind of positive thoughts in your head and monitoring those thoughts are going to be a really powerful way that you can make sure, especially as the leader of an organization, that you are thinking about your thinking before you even re-engage and get back into the workplace to try and do some self-work and identify um, some of those irrational or negative thoughts um, so that you'll be able to um, replace those with positive, affirming thoughts um, once you're ready to head back and reassimilate. Jason, I gotta, I gotta, I mean, I appreciate your answer in so many different ways, um, but with keeping an eye on the time here, I, I, I kind of want to 
take that to the next level and, and offer you the following scenario. Uh, I speak that way to my boss or if you're in a room and you're trying to promote uh, exactly what you just said, which really takes some the degree of uh, self-awareness. Uh, to even begin to to think about your thoughts, right? It, it's just a, a natural progression. What I'm noticing out there is that a lot of people, and I think this will be the case once the business gets back to usual, so quote unquote, is that people are in a stressed mindset. And you know, you you and I know, Ira knows that when you're in a stressed mindset, you cannot think about compassion and empathy and patience. It's just not the way your brain works. So how can, is there an easy way or at least a little bit of a way to help somebody who confronts what you just said as being uh, woo woo or leave me alone because that stuff doesn't work and, and I'm too stressed to worry about that right now? Sure. Absolutely. You know, if, if it's one of those things that you don't plan and you don't uh, practice ahead of time, you know, then it's going to be one of those things where you can't really expect different results other than the reaction that happens in the moment. Um, right. And so Mm -hmm. this would be something that is very much proactive, something that you're starting to do today. Um, even while your workforce might be remote, um, that you're going to start engaging in some of these activities, um, to help your people prepare for that. Um, you know, we, we just so happen at I Aspire, you know, we have coaching that works on this micro coaching. I heard you mention earlier um, that that's one of the, the partners that you have, you know, that works on some of these skills like empathy and listening, communication, adaptability. Um, and those are things that, that we try to work on as well, um, you know, through, through text and through email with people to help them be working on these things. So these are things that you can work on on your own time at home to kind of prepare your mindset, Um, even if you haven't engaged in something like this before, we can start you at the very ground levels of starting to develop um, the word I liked that you used, which is self-awareness, so that um, you can start cultivating those things and be a little bit more prepared, probably not 100%, but if we can take you from maybe, you know, 5% up to 20 or 25%, then hopefully that means, you know, the, the adaptability um, will kind of uh, take, take root a little bit faster once they are reassimilated in the workplace. What are some guidelines? I mean, I know you and I met through um, indirectly through Lena Graves, uh, who will be a guest on and, and a good friend of ours, and, and Lena's uh, certainly expertise is culture. Um, what, what's the message or what, you know, if you, when you're one-on-one with a leader, What's, you know, what are the things that, that they need to do now differently? And again, working with, you know, realizing that they've got a remote, remote workforce and they don't see everybody every day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree that this ties back into culture, you know, for an organization, um, similar to what you mentioned that, that Lena would say, you know, that culture is going to be the glue that holds everything together in your organization. That was true before the pandemic hit. And I think it's going to be even more true now. Um, It was already in the top two of what most people want and they expect from their employer. And so if if the leaders don't already have a clearly articulated culture strategy that's part of their business plan, that is what we are really focusing on helping them with right now is making sure that there is a very clear 
culture strategy that's in place. So when their people are back, um, that there's very clear um, articulation of the values and traits of the organization and observable terms to help everyone understand what those are and aren't. And those can be the anchors or the actual handles for people that they hold on to while they're trying to weather this storm. It's okay, this situation may have just happened. What are some of the core values that we believe here at this organization? How do these maybe apply in the situation? Okay, I remember, you know, trust is one of those core values. And I remember trust means, you know, whatever the definition is for the organization. And then they put that into action, um, into how they actually um, behave and act. So making sure that there is a clearly articulated culture strategy, if there is not one, I think is going to be paramount for organizations and leaders to be able to touch everyone in the organization and have a system of support in place um, for people whenever they come back, every single person in the organization. I, I, I like that term. I, I like that how you articulate that, uh, that there's a that there should be a, a culture strategy. I think most people just think culture uh, is a thing that exists. Uh, it's sort of like the air, you know, you, you walk into a room and there's a, there's a there's an attitude or there's an air or there's values um, that come from that. But the, the, but you can have a strategy to shape that. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Jason, um, hey, we're unfortunately uh, we, we can talk forever uh, and we will. We're going to get you back uh, to this or we're going to do, as I said, uh, I'm trying to put together a few panels or, or some uh, short interviews with people and just continue hammering home um, the opportunity here uh, that uh, that companies have. I mean, uh, again, there's there's a lot of people hurting. Um, there's a lot of people looking for support. Employers have a great opportunity to do that. We will get back to uh, uh, being whole again. Uh, and uh, whether you're part of, or part of it or not, it's probably going to depend on uh, your culture uh, and uh, your leadership and what you do in the meantime. So, Jason, how can people get a hold of you um, to uh, personally and uh, for the company? Yeah, absolutely. You can get a hold of me at Jason, J-A-S-O-N dot Cochran, C-O-C-H-R-A-N at iaspire.io. And then you can also go to our website. It's iaspire.io. Um, and we are a, a turnkey um, software solution for culture development for organizations. So we'd love to speak with any leaders and companies um, who are um, ready to take that next step in coming up with a clear culture strategy. One final tip from you. What would you be your uh, your thirty your ten second commercial to someone? What what? I would say go watch an episode of Tiger King because <laughs> that show will help you detach from reality for a little bit, and you'll wonder to yourself, "Are we actually living in an episode of Tiger King right now?" That's <laughs> kind of tongue in cheek, but right now, sometimes we need to detach from reality a little bit, and um, it seems like everywhere I turn. People are talking about that show. So if that's one way that we all can detach and find some humor in what we're dealing with, um, that's great. 
I'll have to take you up on that because it, it's my uh, you're the second person in 12 hours, my best friend from high school who was uh, not only battle. Obviously, everybody's under this covid, but he's also battling cancer. So we had a nice talk last night and he said, hey, I don't know what you're watching. I know you're a movie guy, but uh, that that was one of his favorite shows. So it, it even helps somebody like that. So appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so J- much. Jason. Yeah. Jason Cochran, we, again, we're going to be, we'll be in touch offline. Um, definitely want to do a little bit more with you here. Great message and uh, appreciate it very much. Stay safe uh, and stay healthy, please. Thank you. Likewise, Ira and Keith. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Yeah. Ira, you know, it's it's incredible that we can only do this for 50 minutes at a time. Because I got the sense Jason was getting fired up. He was getting all uh, yeah. momentum and you know, prior to COVID-19, we were talking about how ill-prepared HR <laughs> leaders and businesses were to develop culture. The shift and hit the plan. The shift <laughs> hit the plan, my man. It's, uh, right. it's like you wrote a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is for sure. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm very serious. Uh, and, Keith, uh, hopefully you can get involved with it, too. I know you got a lot of things on your plate and, and uh, you know, uh, – the, the stay-at-home dad now has kids and and all that sort of stuff and and working you know you've worked remote before but now you got a whole house full uh, life work integration baby yep yeah. so uh, <laughs> so appreciate that but definitely want to get uh, people like Jason I've made some fantastic content uh, contacts over the last week or so and I'm just trying to get in touch with everybody so hopefully you'll be involved with this and this does fit really well uh, with your um, life work integration so yes sir so there oh, goes by the way by the way uh the website has been revamped keithcompagnon.com okay. it's got all my projects on there good i have to go up i can take a look at some sometimes that's the only way we you and i communicate i know through email and text so so hey appreciate it and uh, i want to thank again uh bo mitchell from 911 consulting and jason uh, Cochran from I Aspire for great tips, helping us uh, get ready, uh, helping us write this playbook uh, to get back to work uh, and making us all whole. Uh, you've been listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, Keith and I really appreciate you being here. Uh, we're back. We're, we're on live every week, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com. I want to thank uh, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions again for being sponsors. And for anybody who wants to uh, replay this, uh, you can get it on GeekSkeezersGoogleization.com. We got all everything archived there. Uh, or uh, if you are using a podcast, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, you name it, we're probably there. Uh, until next week, next episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift get your plans. Mm-hmm.